this really isn't part of the homily, but it is Latari Sunday, so I wanted to share some joy with you. So I was over with the second graders. We had an incredible feast of infinite mercy yesterday as we gathered as a community and our second graders and those preparing for First Communion, they had their first reconciliations and the rest of the parish had a good confession heading into Easter. But I went over there last Tuesday to the second graders just to allay their fears and say, God's not out to punish you. He's not out to stomp on you, but to pour out his love on you. And there's joy and celebration in what God has done for us because our faith is a very celebrating, joyful faith. And it's sad for me because a lot of Catholics, I don't think, know that. And we want to be connected. It's all about being connected to the Lord, because once we have that, we're going to run after Him. We're going to run over hills. We're going to sail seas. We're going to run through brick walls to get to the Lord, because we're going to say, this is what I've been looking for. So I got over there, and as I came into the class, one of the second graders come running up to me, and they might be the mayor or the governor or the president someday. They, they put their arms around me and looked up at me and said, you're my almighty father. And I'm like, well, I'm a long ways from that, but thank you. And then I asked the second graders questions just to see if they have any fears to kind of meet them where they're at. And the same girl raised her hand. She said, can I go to confession to you on Saturday? And I said, yes, you can. And then I answered some other question, raised her hand again, and she got down on her knees. Can I go to confession to you on Saturday? I said, yes, you can. She raised her hand a third time, and I didn't call on her. We knew what was trending at that point. But just the eagerness to receive that and know what they're receiving and the forgiveness of Christ, it was evident as we celebrated that here yesterday in the church. The light of the world coming into the church because of what the church offers us through the power of the sacraments, the Eucharist and confession in all her community and wisdom and leadership in order. So I uh, just want to share that with you. Just uh, hopefully that can lift you up, maybe encourage you to do the same, the light of the world. Yes, yes, of course, I have a visual aid this day. So plants, they're phototropic. Be phototropic. That's the growth in an organism that responds to a light stimulus. So light comes and there's cells in the plant that have a hormone called oxen and it's the farthest away from where the light's coming. It's in the plant and it responds to light. And what it does, it elongates the cells in the plant so the cell may grow. They're signaling molecules in the tip of the plant and they're looking for that light. And in the tip, it encourages the, the plant and through uh, energy processes to bend and to curve and to change and to grow towards the light source. To bend, to curve, to change, to grow. Kind of sounds like the life of a Christian and what our life should be like. So in our gospel today, we read about the blind man and the people want to know, what well, was it his parents' sin or his sin that caused this blind man to be blind. And God says, no, it wasn't that. It's more about this. It's about me coming into the darkness of your world. And I am the light of the world. And that's why I'm here. And it's to show forth through this the glory of God. That's what's happening.
It's this healing light coming in to this blind man to bring him to full stature in me. And then we have that whole idea of Jesus takes his spittle into the clay and he makes that clay and puts it on the blind man's eyes. That takes us back to Genesis 2 of the first creation of man and woman and now the new creation of that. And the commentaries on that are, are like that Jesus, the divine power, is coming into the mud, into the material, the clay of the earth to bring that healing balm so that we can see. And further allusions are to baptism. When we are, receive the light of Christ in baptism, then how we are blinded by sin, we are able now to see, to see the reality of what God is doing for us. And we see that today. It's a, a physical representation in the stages of being educated in the spiritual life that we go deeper. And that's why we keep coming back, because we want to go deeper, because we can keep going deeper in our life with Christ and what he has for us in that, the baptism that he's given us. We can see that in 41 short verses today in the story of the blind man. It's kind of like a picture of our life in 41 short verses. So I don't think it maybe does justice to how much time it takes to come before the Lord. But in verse 11 today of John chapter 9, what the blind man says, I just know that there's this guy named Jesus. That's pretty much what he knows. He's probably heard about him, but that was kind of the level of knowing. And as we go through these stages, think about where am I? Where am I in these stages as we look at this blind man, how he comes to the Lord? Oh, Jesus is just a good guy who lived 2,000 years ago, but there's a lot of good guys that live now. And there's Mother Teresa and St. John Paul the Great. They've lived currently. Great. That's wonderful. And we might just be at a topical level. But then the Pharisees question him. The blind man says he's a prophet. And that's taken it up a few notches. The prophet was very important, bringing the word of God to the people, how to live and how to have life. And then in verse 31, he says, I am close to this man because I obey and I can hear him and we can have interaction, but it's still a galaxy away from where we end up in the end when this blind man gets thrown out of the synagogue. And Jesus, as always, like for you and me, goes after him. What have you experienced? Jesus said, do you believe? He says, well, who is the Son of Man? Who is this Messiah? It is I who am speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe. And he comes to know him as a savior, that he is the one that's going to save his soul for all eternity, and how important that is to him. Okay, so in this, what's the difference between the blind man and you and me and this plant? Well, the plant has to lean towards the light. The plant leans towards the light to live, and it can't do otherwise. All creation does except for one in creation, and that's you and me. Psalm 19, the heavens and the earth claim the glory of God. Yes, except you and me at times when we choose not to proclaim that glory of God, when we cut ourselves off, when we sin, when we don't receive that life of Christ and live that life of Christ out for others. And so that is a huge difference in our lives between that and the life of a plant. Be phototrophic. Lean into the light and grow into fullness. That's our free will, and that's the only thing 
that will ever work in our search for life. Have to admit, it was a little bit hard preparing for the homily this weekend because March Madness is going on. I don't know if, has anybody heard of that, March Madness? And the, I guess the brackets were just totally busted after the first few games because number one seeds lost, no perfect bracket. And I thought in, in terms of that, yeah, there's only one perfect bracket, and that's Jesus in his life. It will always bring us that perfection, never let us down. Now, in the midst of this, the blind man's conversation with the religious leaders, they say, you who are full of sin are teaching us. How many times do we say that to someone who, oh, they don't have the education that I have. They don't have the prayer that I have. They don't have the experience in the years that I have. You're trying to teach me? And we just shut people off. And God is always trying to teach us through everyone, everything, every circumstance. But the pride of those who are in the thick of it, the religious authorities, the one who are standing up on the altar and think they know, they're consumed to know, and that yet they're so far off. The self is all that there is. I am the only reality, and don't let your reality, Jesus, bother my reality, come into my reality to change me, to make me curve, to make me grow, because I'm doing just fine. And we can just laugh at that because we know that that's not the case. So what does the blind man do? He admits his need. He trusts God with every ounce of who he is. And then he is granted the sight of reality of who he is in the sight of the Lord. I just want to talk about lights for a second. I think a lot of us, including myself, are looking for fireworks. We're looking for the big, grand explosion. We're looking for God to walk on water and the seas to part and the miracles to happen and the lame to walk and the blind to see. I just don't think that's the normal course. I don't think that's good Catholic spirituality or theology. I don't think that's how it works. It's not just obvious and easy and heir apparent, but it's the Eucharist, a piece of bread. And we say in that is the true presence of the light of the world, body and blood of Jesus in this Eucharist. Or maybe in the sacrament of reconciliation, confessing our sins. What happened here yesterday as we gathered was a, of infinite value. And everything else does not compare to it, does not hold a candle to it going into a small dark room and confessing our sins. Maybe there's not fireworks externally, but sure, taking deep root in our heart that's more real than anything in the power of the sacraments, that that happens for us and we know we, who we are and we become more lighted for this world that's often so dark. We have a discipleship retreat in two weeks. I wrote about it in the bulletin this last Friday about this is who we are. Once we receive this light, receive this Eucharist, receive this mercy and forgiveness, we go. We go out, and that's why we exist. And is there something more important to learn in this life than becoming a disciple? And it's not fireworks, but it's getting together and being deeply rooted in the light of Christ. So today we have a story of an impoverished outcast, a beggar, a no one, and what did he have? We think about the blind man. What did he have? He had a lot of time. What could he do? But he could 
he could think and he could reflect and he could be affected and maybe even more so because he had lost the sense of sight so he could hear and sense and feel better. And he had trust. He had time and trust. And what happened was the works of God were made manifested in him and he became glorious in God's sight, in the sight of others because God filled him. And he stood up to the worldly powers that were trying to push him down and saying, you're a sinner, you're, you have nothing, you have nothing to say, you have nothing to offer. And he stood up to those leaders in the community and became an example and witness for us all. Friends, be phototropic. Lean into the light of Christ in the church and not the enticing empty lights of the devil and what the world has to offer. What will you do to come to know Jesus in the Eucharist? Will you give him a half hour a week in adoration, knowing that he's given you eternity? Will we make a good confession and let Christ set us free and stop teaching others by our shallow ways of life? but let him teach us that he's the light of the world. We go on discipleship retreat in two weeks because it's so important and so needed. And we can ask the question, what else is there in life? And to be a disciple of Christ and bring his love to the ends of the earth, to the margins, to the blind. But that blind has to start with me. Plan to lean in the light daily. Get involved, because the light of Christ comes to us in the world, but specifically and deeply and personally, the light of the world comes to us in the church. Here, gathered together today, gathered together two weeks in retreat, gathered together as a community in that power and this love for us. The light of the world, that it can take away our blindness so that we might see and if we say we see, we're still blind. That's what Jesus teaches us. And he's come to seek out humble hearts, trusting, like the blind beggar, so that we can become filled with the glory of his light. And, and that's why he's come. And that's what he's here for. Step it up. Be phototropic. Lean into the light. You have the choice. It's not somebody else's choice. It's your choice. Pray to be inspired to lean in the light and to know Jesus in the Eucharist in his mercy and confession and become his disciple for the world just as the blind beggar is for us this day and always.